Welcome everyone to the Dr. Abs Healthcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brian Absolo, aka Dr. Abs. And on today's show, we have Dr. Patrick Vickers, an expert on the indisputable cellular science behind health and disease and the face of Gerson Therapy Wolf. He was trained by Dr. Gerson's family and is one of the few people to have studied Dr. Gerson's handwritten files. He continues to carry on Dr. Gerson's legacy through his clinic, the Advanced Gerson Therapy Clinic in Rosarito, Mexico the world's premier clinic for the natural treatment of cancer and advanced disease. Dr. Patrick Vickers is also featured in the epic documentary series, The Truth About Cancer, A Global Quest. And one of his patients is also chronicled in the classic documentary, The Beautiful Truth. Nobel Prize winner, Dr. Albert Schweitzer, called Dr. Max Gerson the most eminent genius in medical history. As the Gerson therapy has the most storied reputation to date, for its ability to reverse advanced cancer and degenerative diseases. Seven movies chronicling Dr. Gerson's work, no other therapy has received such recognition on an international scale. Unfortunately, the Gerson therapy remains the most censored therapy by governments, medical authorities, and media outlets around the world and poses an imminent threat to the conventional medical system. I cannot wait to talk to Dr. Patrick Vickers about all things Gerson Therapy Clinic and how we can reverse these horrible diseases in a very natural way. So let's bring on Dr. Patrick Vickers. Welcome to the show, Dr. Vickers. How are you doing today? Yeah, hi. Thank you, Dr. Brian. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. Now, we're going to dive right in. Um, you are a chiropractor, but you specialize in Gerson Therapy. Now, Dr. Gerson is world-renowned when it comes to his natural cancer treatments, although a lot of people think of them as controversial. Um, you know, he obviously had a lot of success in treating people with cancer, and I know you're, uh, you've basically gone under uh, the tutelage of his family um, in treating people with uh, this devastating disease, which obviously affects so many people worldwide. Um, first off, I just kind of want to get your backstory uh, what led you to want to become a part of the Gerson legacy and help people out there with this uh, terrible disease? Yeah, so it all started really when I was 11 years old. Uh, I wanted to be a chiropractor ever since the age of 11. A friend of our family's was a chiropractor. And they were staying at our home for the weekend when their five-year-old boy who was sleeping with me one night woke up in the middle of the night with a cough that wouldn't stop. And he just kept coughing for like 20, 30 minutes straight. And then finally, his father heard him, came, him up, came upstairs, lied him on the end of uh, my bed and adjusted his neck both ways. And he immediately stopped coughing and he did not cough the rest of the night. And I was 11 years old and I said, that's what I'm going to do for a living. It was at that moment that I saw the power of the human body when you give it what it needs but never in my wildest dreams that I think it would be capable of reversing virtually every single disease when you give it what it needs. So fast forward, I'm one year away from graduating chiropractic school at New York Chiropractic College in upstate New York when a woman by the name of Charlotte Gerson, Dr. Gerson's last living daughter, now Dr. Gerson died in 1959. Well, she's the last living daughter of Dr. Max Gerson. Well, she was invited to come speak at New York Chiropractic College one weekend when I had one year left in school and she filled the auditorium. When she spoke and when she opened her mouth, 
I could hardly believe the story that she was telling about her father and how he was reversing virtually every single degenerative disease, but most notably terminal cancer between 1905 and 1959 when he died. In fact, Nobel Peace Prize winner, Dr. Albert Schweitzer, he called Dr. Gerson the greatest genius in medical history. So why haven't we heard of him? You know, so here she is speaking about her father and how he was reversing virtually every single disease. And I knew at that moment that that's what I would spend the rest of my life doing. As much as I loved chiropractic and continue to love chiropractic, to me, that became the higher calling for me. And so here we are now, 25 years later, since that day that she, you know, showed up at New York Chiropractic College and she's now passed away. Her grandson or her son has passed away who would have carried the Gerson torch, so to speak. And so it's kind of left me by default, the face of the Gerson therapy around the world at this point. And so we have our clinic now in Rosarito Beach, Mexico, uh, where we're successfully reversing virtually every single degenerative disease. But like you said, it's most notable, Gerson's most notable for reversing advanced cancer. I mean, eight movies have been done on our work and those eight movies are done on our ability to reverse advanced terminal cancer. But the reality remains, we are reversing virtually every single degenerative disease. Wow. I'm like those words I'm sure come as a shock to so many people out there because, you know, the stigma is, you know, once you get cancer, you know, you think it's a death sentence and, you know, Basically, the Gerson therapy remains the most censored therapy by governments, medical authorities and media outlets around the world because, you know, obviously it poses an imminent threat to the conventional medical system. Can you get into a little bit about the history and science of this most censored uh, doctor, Dr. Gerson, and, you know, in the history of medicine? I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, sure. Like you said, Dr. Gerson to this day, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is the most censored doctor in the history of medicine. You know, he came to this country and set up practice on Man- in Manhattan on Park Avenue after having to flee Germany under Hitler because he was a German Jew. And he lost his entire family in the Holocaust, his entire family. And he himself nearly escaped death, or he did escape death, barely escaped death, um, in the Holocaust himself. And he managed to escape to ultimately France. And then when Germany invaded France, he fled to Manhattan. And that's when he set up practice on Park Avenue. It wasn't until he was in New York that a a patient who had heard about him being in New York approached him for cancer. Now, he'd never treated cancer at that point. He'd actually been renowned throughout Europe for having cured, religiously curing tuberculosis in its most advanced stages when tuberculosis was ravaging Europe back in the early 1900s. And so she begged him for his tuberculosis treatment for his cancer, and he refused to treat her. Now, this is back in the 1930s. He refused to treat her for her cancer with his TB treatment. And she begged and begged and begged. She came back to him five times until he finally said, all right, listen, I will treat you, but I'm going to treat you in secret. Why did he not want to treat her? Because even back in 1930, under his licensure as a medical doctor, he was forbidden to use anything outside the medical realm of that licensure. And so if, if he were to treat her nutritionally with his therapy, 
he would have been completely ostracized and risked losing his medical license. And so he decided to treat her in secret and he completely cured her of stomach, liver, and gallbladder cancer. And he said, I can no longer turn my face away from this deadly scourge of cancer. And he dedicated the rest of his life to treating advanced cancer, regardless of the political and professional consequences that he would suffer. In 1946, the Pepper Neely anti-cancer bill had come to the floor of the United States Senate. It was designed to appropriate $100 million in funding to anyone who could show promise in the realm of cancer research. By that time, word was all around that this guy named Dr. Max Gerson in Manhattan was reversing advanced terminal cancer. He was invited to testify July 1st through the 3rd, 1946, before our United States Senate. Senator Claude Pepper, the longest serving congressman and senator in US history from Florida, he said Dr. Gerson dedicated his life to the mastery of this scourge of cancer and all should honor his great work. This is the man who sponsored that bill. So what happened? Yeah. When, when he was finished testifying July 3rd, he was to give an interview to the international press. And he was whisked away to the international press room where he waited alone in a room for an hour and a half. The international press never showed up to interview him. And why? Because they were whisked away to another room and an impromptu party was thrown on their behalf. Why would this happen? I mean, it's outrageous. And the main reason why is this. Gerson wasn't just talking about how to reverse advanced cancer at those hearings. He was talking about everything that was causing cancer in that day and age, and obviously in this day and age. And if you think about all the things that are causing cancer today, you can narrow it down to the food and agricultural industry, the energy industry, the oil industry, the medical industry, the pharmaceutical. He set up red flags throughout all the lobbying groups within Washington who are paying our political campaigns to elect these politicians. And so he immediately became a marked man. And from that day forward, you know, Gerson was the most published man, one of the most published men in the world at that point. He has a list of publications that go to the ceiling. And from that day forward, he was forbidden from publishing in all major medical journals around the world up until his death in 1959. And what he received in treatment from that day forward until his death, he died a very depressed, dejected, and completely ostracized, ridiculed, and crushed professionally. And, and so though, No, I'm sorry. Even, even through all that, I mean, he just continued to treat people and reverse their cancer until the day he died. That's exactly right. He did. He had a practice in Manhattan and then he had a big sanatorium, I believe, out on like Long Island or something where up until his death, he was successfully reversing advanced cancer. And as I said, virtually every other degenerative disease. Now, I do want to say something present at that testimony was a man by the name of Raymond Graham Swing. Now, who was Raymond Graham Swing? Well, back then, right, 1946, there were no TVs. 
So if you wanted to listen to the news, you gathered around your radio every night yeah. at 7 p.m. Eastern, and you could listen to ABC, NBC, or CBS radio. Well, the famous iconic uh, anchor for CBS was the famous Edwin Murrow. Um, I'm not sure who the anchor was for NBC, but the anchor for ABC for 30 years at that point was Raymond Graham Swing. And he was present at Gerson's testimony. And he went on his radio broadcast that night. And he said to the entire nation, if not the world that was listening, said, please forgive me if I don't have my morals correct and speaking about all these other stories that would have been the top headlines of that night. The Truman anti-racketeering bill had been signed. Something regarding Trieste in Italy and World War II had been an agreement had come to. They were major stories. Yeah. He said, but what I heard behind Senate chambers doors tonight is the most shocking news that I've ever heard. And he went on to tell the world about Dr. Gerson and how the cure for cancer had been found. And for nine hours straight in Manhattan at the ABC News switchboard, the switchboard lit up for nine hours straight of people calling from all over the world begging for this treatment for cancer. Two weeks later, Raymond Graham Swing, who'd been working for ABC News Radio for 30 years, was fired from his job. Wow. He was an icon, an American icon. He'd now become a threat as Dr. Gerson was a threat to the system that was in place then, to the system that continues to be in place now, and the censorship is even worse now. And how was he able, I mean, obviously, after he gave that testimony, I mean, Dr. Gerson obviously went back to practice. Now, essentially, he shed light on everything that he was doing. How did they, uh, you know, obviously, people wanted him shut down, I imagine. How did he continue to keep practicing, you know, the rest of his life? Yeah, well, he did lose his license and he did lose his membership from the New York State Medical Society. But somehow he was able to regain his licensure. And he continued to treat people up until his death in 1959. But like I said, he became completely censored and ostracized uh, by his you know, professional colleagues and community. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get let's get into it. I mean, let's talk about reversing cancer and advanced disease through metabolic Gerson therapy and the proper restoration of metabolism. What That's what's behind this this amazing man's work? How does it work? Yeah. So, you know, let's just give you the five minute elevator, you know, theory behind the Gerson therapy or the therapy itself. What are we doing? It's simple. What did Hippocrates, the greatest physician say? The greatest physician that ever lived is Hippocrates. Gerson derived his ideas from Hippocrates and Paracelsus. Those were his two mentors, so to speak, the ancients. Well, Hippocrates said, let food be your medicine and let medicine be your food. It's no mistake that we're taught in natural medicine where does 70% of your immune system lie? In your gut, right? In your gut. Well, if you read Dr. Gerson's classic book that he left us right before he died, it's called The Cancer Therapy, Results of 50 Cases. If you ever read that book, over and over and over again, he mentions one word and one word only, met metabolism. Metabolism. Disease is errors in metabolism. What does that mean? What is metabolism defined? It's 
the breakdown of food into energy. That is what metabolism is. When you hear about the precipitating risk factors behind cancer, what's the first thing you always hear? What is one of the predominating risks of getting cancer in this, in this environment that we're in? Obesity. How many times have we heard the obesity cancer risk? Why? Because when someone's obese, what do they clearly have? They have errors in metabolism, right? Well, where does the breakdown of food into energy begin? It begins in the gut. You have to be able to break down your food, right? So when we say 70% of our immune system lies in the gut, there's no mystery to that. That's where metabolism begins, the breakdown of food. How do you heal the gut? There's only one way to heal the gut, and that's food. So on the Gerson therapy, they are getting 20 pounds of organic fruits and vegetables every single day. 20 pounds. 20, wow. 20, 20 pounds. They are getting 13 fresh pressed organic juices every hour on the hour, 13 hours a day. And there's just every hour and they have to drink them right away because as soon as you expose it to light, air or heat, those enzymes and the nutrition begins to break down. So that is fresh pressed, drunk right away. And this is day in and day out for a year or two depending how on advanced your condition is. So that's the beginning of how the Gerson therapy begins to restore metabolism. Now that's the gut, the breakdown of the food. But now you've, once you've healed the gut, now what do you have to do? You have to convert that food into energy, right? Correct. Okay. So now the gut, you've healed the gut. The gut's now able to absorb the nutrients into the bloodstream. Now you have to be able to convert that into energy. So let's break that down further. How does the body convert food into energy? Here's your cell. Inside your cell, you have these little things called mitochondria, right? Powerhouse. Mito cell, yes. Right. Th this is all biochemistry 101, yep. Brian. You and I learned this in our first two weeks of chiropractic school. Yep. Inside the cell is mitochondria. Mitochondria convert sugar into energy only if oxygen is present. So once you break down your food, it goes into the bloodstream. Now you must convert that food into energy inside the cell with these little thing called mitochondria, and they must have oxygen. And this is the crux of the matter. This aspect of metabolism, we have completely destroyed. And we've destroyed our body's ability to get oxygen into the cell. How? Around your cell, you have what? Cell membranes. Those cell membranes are the gatekeeper to that cell. They determine what can go in, what can't go in, what must come out, and what can't go out. So the body's ability to oxygenate the cell detoxify the cell and absorb the nutrients into the cells because you need massive amounts of nutrients to run food through the energy cycle in the mitochondria. The Krebs cycle requires nutrients. That's what that cycle is called. The conversion of food into energy is the Krebs cycle. All of that's determined at the level of the cell membrane. What is that cell membrane made up of? Fats, right? Yeah. It's a phospholipid, right? Well, what kind of fats is that cell membrane made up of? 
whatever fats you're feeding it. Whatever fats you're feeding the human body, the body's naturally going to use to maintain the cell membranes. Why is this critically important? What kind of fats are we eating today? What kind of fats are most people eating today? Cookies, cake, ice cream, meat, dairy, cheese, oils, uh, partially hydrogenated oils that you can read in the ingredients on the labels of processed and packaged foods. That's very notable, partially hydrogenated. Today, we have diets so high in saturated fats. What is the significance of this as it relates to disease? Now, when we're talking about fats, fats are defined by their saturation or lack of saturation with hydrogen. So you have saturated fats like coconut oil or meat or dairy or butter, right? Mm -hmm. You have monosaturated like olive oil. And then you have polyunsaturated like flax oil. Now, when our cell membranes are made up of saturated fats, what are they saturated with? Hydrogen. They're saturated with hydrogen. Why is this significant? How many times have you heard an alkaline diet promotes health an acidic diet promotes disease. We hear these terms religiously. An alkaline diet promotes health, acidic diet promotes disease. Now, we hear this, but it's never truly explained. When we're talking about alkalinity and acidity, what are we talking about? We're talking about pH, right? Yep. What is pH? pH is potential hydrogen. It's potential hydrogen. When we have a buildup of hydrogen at the level of the cell membrane, because it's made up of saturated fats, when we have excess hydrogen running through the body, we have changed the charge at the level of the cell membrane. Mm. And the significance of this is that when oxygen approaches the cell, the charge at the level of the cell membrane cannot accept it. And it literally gets repelled away. So when you have a diet that's high in saturated fats and the body's using those fats to maintain the cell membrane, you cannot properly oxygenate tissues. So the true definition of acidity is the improper utilization of oxygen. Now, in 1931, Otto Warburg won the Nobel Prize in Medicine for demonstrating that viruses, cancer, and bacteria cannot survive in a body where the cells are being properly oxygenated. And he went on to describe in detail how the body's primary ability to restore the internal metabolism of the cell and make oxygen readily available is completely dependent on an alkaline diet. Mm. And so by reestablishing the charge at the level of the cell membrane by getting all saturated fats out of the diet. You know your body can make its own saturated fats. That's why it's not called an essential fatty acid. Essential fatty acid means that you must get it from your diet. Your body can make its own saturated fats. So there's no saturated fats on the Gerson therapy, and we give flax oil, which is a completely unsaturated fat. We give it on a daily basis, two tablespoons per day. Why? It is potent medicine because it goes to restoring 
the proper fats at the level of the cell membrane. And so gives it and restores the charge. Do you know flax oil literally has the ability to suck, mag to suck oxygen into the cell with a magnetic charge for oxygen? It literally draws it into the cell. And so now we have to restore the charge of the cell membrane. We've healed the gut. We've now healed the cell membrane. And there's one more thing that the Gerson therapy does that is absolutely vital for restoring internal metabolism. And that is you completely must eliminate sodium other than what naturally occurs in fruits and vegetables. Really? Why? Wow. Okay. Why? Because salt and water today, people's cells are loaded with salt and water. People come into our clinic, companion and patient. They will all leave within two to three weeks, five to 15 pounds lighter because they are storing up that much water weight with salt and water that's trapped in the cells. Our diets today are so high in sodium either adding sodium or the processed foods of today. And our cells are swelled up with salt and water. And do you know you cannot get salt and water out of the cell? It's trapped in there unless you bombard the body with potassium. There, huh. is, an there is an inverse law in the human body. You eat sodium, your body dumps potassium. You eat potassium, your body dumps sodium. You can't get salt and water out of the cells until you bombard the body with potassium. Well, naturally, the fruits and vegetables contain the potassium. You need to start dumping salt and water. And then Gerson created a special potassium compound powder that we put in each juice to keep forcing sodium out of the body. And so this is the multi-pronged approach to start restoring metabolism. You must heal the gut. You must restore the cell membrane and the proper electrical charges for it to accept oxygen. And then you must get salt and water out of the cell so that the cell, if it's swelled up like that, how can the mitochondria function efficiently in the conversion of that food into energy? These are the three core principles of the Gerson therapy. Amazing. A um, couple questions. So I kind of want to take the audience inside to what, you know, potentially they could be experiencing in the in your clinic. Um, so you mentioned for about a year or two, they're basically drinking or eating fruits and vegetables. Um, so essentially, these people are just all in, they go to your clinic, and I may imagine they're staying where it's located in order to be treated for the year and a half or your two years. And then they're also there transitioning into the diet when it comes to um, the Gerson method. Like what, what does that consist of? I know you mentioned alkaline, but like, what can you give us an idea of what a person is eating on a day-to-day -day basis? And in addition yeah, to like just taking us through what the patient would experience at the, at the Gerson therapy center. Yeah, absolutely. So you come to our clinic for two to three weeks and you are there 24 seven, you're being served hand and foot. And the reason why people have to come for two to three weeks, this is such an intensive, highly specific therapy. You need to understand that Gerson was an empirical genius. 
He spent 50 to 60 years, day in and day out, experimenting with food to try to heal disease, constantly trying to perfect his therapy. You look at his forbidden foods list for a cancer patient, and you'd be shocked. Like avocados, for example, okay? People can't have avocados on the Gerson therapy when they're dying of cancer. Why? It's too high in saturated fat for that patient at that time. For you and me, it's a perfect food. Then there's a lot of other perfect foods for you and me that are completely banned on the Gerson therapy. So when you come to our clinic, the high specificity of a cancer patient's dietary rules are completely different than you and I. And so you are coming there to learn the details of how this therapy is carried out. And it takes two weeks, three weeks to become completely comfortable to go home so that you don't miss a thing. Because if you miss one or two things on this therapy, it literally can mean the difference between success and no success. And so that's why people come for two to three weeks. So you come to our clinic. A typical day is this. You wake up at 6, 630. And you get your first coffee enema. And we'll talk about the coffee enema in a bit, I imagine. And then breakfast is at 8. Every morning, breakfast is oatmeal. Oatmeal with dried fruit, stewed fruit, um, a little bit of natural sugar, and some flax oil. And you get an orange juice. And then starting at eight, uh, 9 o'clock, you're getting a green juice. You get four green juices every single day. And then the rest of your juices are carrot, uh, carrot with Granny Smith apple or carrot with lemon. And that makes up the entire juicing protocol for the day. And then, like I said, they're getting it every hour on the hour. Now, in between those hours, you're doing coffee enemas. You're also doing a bunch of adjunctive therapies. For example, we talked about oxygen. Once you've created the environment now for the body to be able to accept oxygen into the cell, you hit it with oxygen. Of course. Now that you've created the environment, now you have to hit it with oxygen. So our patients are getting hyperbaric. They're getting um, ultraviolet blood irradiation with ozone. They're getting rectal ozone. They're getting the Beamer mat, which is pulse electromagnetic frequency treatment, which they say oxygenates tissues 30% greater than a chamber. So they're getting all of these things in, in conjunction with the Gerson yeah. protocol, they're getting near-infrared sauna. Why near-infrared? There's a book that's been written called The Medicine of Light. It's written by Nathaniel Mead. And the science coming out now regarding light and chlorophyll is causing immediate apoptosis of cancer cells. But oh. it's near-infrared specifically. Not far, not mid, but near so you bombard the body with chlorophyll, which we're doing with um, our green juices, and we add to the green juices raw living spirulina, not powdered organic spirulina, which the studies on that go to the ceiling. But this is now raw, alive spirulina. There's a man in Vero Beach, Florida, Tim White. He started a company called Raw Living Spirulina. He's revolutionized the production of spirulina. You put the spirulina under a microscope and it's actually swimming around. It's alive, like yogurt's alive. And it's, it's amazing. The healing properties of that spirulina 
are just unbelievable. And it's loaded with chlorophyll. So our patients are getting bombarded with chlorophyll and then they're going into the near-infrared sauna where they're being hit with near-infrared light for 20 minutes twice a day. It's remarkable. So these are the different things that we've included to enhance Dr. Gerson's basic tenets that he left behind for us in 1959. Well, and two questions. What, obviously, you know, you guys, I imagine, are working free like what does this cost obviously this treatment is in mexico does you know american private insurance even cover this obviously that might be a silly question knowing how you know uh, uh controversial dr gerson's therapy is but or is this a, a cash situation or their treatment plans and like take us into into the day-to-day of what they would need to be doing once they get back home that's a great question You know, the eight movies, there's a reason why eight movies have been done on our work. No other therapy can remotely boast that exposure on an international scale. And people say, well, why is the Gerson therapy so successful? Well, the reason why it's so successful is because it's the most difficult. There Mm -hmm. are no shortcuts to healing. There are no shortcuts. There's no magic bullets. There's not a special supplement, a special IV you can get that's going to cure you of your cancer. And don't be fooled if that's what people think. Because if you're going to heal yourself of an advanced cancer, it took 40, 50 years for that cancer to to occur. Or obviously, if you're younger and people are getting younger and younger coming into our clinic, it's taking 20 to 30 years, right? Yeah. Well, if it takes that long for your cancer to come, trust me, it's going to take a long time for it to get reversed. And, you know, by God's mercy, it's only two years. So when you go home, You've been served hand and foot at our clinic, so it appears pretty easy. But when you go home, it's a completely different ballgame. You are literally juicing 12 hours a day. You know, you're buying produce. You're doing coffee enemas. You have to buy the supplements, restore the supplements, you know, every three to six months. And so it is a daily process to save your life. And you have to rest. When a dog is sick, what does it do? It eats, it drinks, and it sleeps. That's all it does. And you're going to have to rest if you want to heal. You can't work a full-time job. You can't go out and jog 5, 10 miles a day, or you won't heal. That is the simple reality. You must now start to restore metabolism to create energy so that energy can rally the immune system And for that to happen, you must rest. It becomes a full-time job to heal in advanced cancer. And at the end of two years, you're healed. And now make no mistakes, we can't heal everybody. Some people, their organic systems are so far gone that we can't heal them. But a vast majority of people, if you're in stage one, stage two, forget it. It's nearly 100%. If you're in stage three, stage four, that goes significantly lower. You know, I mean, complete cures, stage three, you're probably looking at, you know, anywhere from 30 to 40, 45%, maybe if you're lucky. And then stage four, you're looking at, you know, 25 to 30, 35% if you're lucky. Now, that's complete cure. The ability to extend life for God knows how many years. You know, I mean, I've seen people who were sentenced to die 
for six, you know, in six to 12 months, live six to eight years. Wow. Right. But complete cures, those are the numbers. And if there's anybody out there blowing smoke up your rear end telling you, oh, we got a 75, 85, 95% cure rate, you know, with, uh, with our treatment, they're lying through their teeth. We've been doing this 120 years and we have the best successes in, in history. And wow. those are the success rates. And don't let anyone tell you differently. So two years for a complete recovery of, like you said, juicing. Now, talk to me a little bit. That was the question I wanted to talk to you about earlier. Um, is it continuing to be juices? Are you, you mentioned alkaline diet. Like, what is the perfect diet of the Gerson method to incorporate in those two years once you get home from the clinic? Like, besides yeah. the juices. Yeah, so it is the juices providing the alkalinity. You know, now, a lot of people in natural medicine, when I tell them that Gerson was adamant that the meals be thoroughly cooked, you know, you've got your raw people out there saying, well, but that kills the enzymes, it kills the nutrition, it's not good for them. Do you know if you put an advanced cancer patient on an all raw diet, they won't do well? Hmm. Why? Why do you think? Well, if we're trying to heal a sick and dying gut, how does a sick and dying gut handle raw fiber to be able to break that fiber down, be able to extract the nutrients out of that fiber? Do you know how much that taxes the, the gut? And so Gerson understood very instinctively that a, that a sick and dying cancer patient or any advanced disease patient has a sick gut. And cooking is a form of pre-digestion it makes it much easier for them to break down and convert into energy. So in the beginning, until you can heal the gut, an all-raw diet is not efficient. And so our patients are getting three deliciously cooked organic meals every single day. And what you can do with fruits and vegetables to make delicious meals is, it's unbelievable. You know, I mean, the, the food is absolutely delicious. So, the juicing is what creates the alkalinity and the meals go towards the easy conversion and breakdown into energy. Into energy. Got it. And what, I mean, what could people out there do to, you know, prevent these cancers from going on? Like the, the, I'm talking about the tests, the diets right now with the supplements, like if you were to, you know, people were worried out there about potentially getting cancer in the future. Like what changes in their life could they make today? Like what diet would you follow? What supplements would you take? Like what, you know, lifestyle habits would you take on in order to best prevent yourself from getting any type of cancer? Well, I mean, we just went through the cellular science behind the breakdown of food and energy by the foods that are destroying the gut destroying the cell membrane, destroying the internal, you have to cut out salt. And there is no such thing as good salt. There's such In thing Himalayan as salt. No, let me no, let me explain. Okay, your thyroid gland, right? Your thyroid gland is specifically responsible for making mitochondria. That's what it does. It makes mitochondria, those little things inside the cell that convert food into energy. What is that thyroid gland completely dependent on? Iodine, mm -hmm. right? Okay, what's salt? Salt is sodium chloride. 
Doesn't matter if it's Celtic salt, Himalayan salt, Dead Sea salt, Redmond salt, or table salt. Table salt's 99.9% .9 sodium chloride. That is the destructive molecule. Why? It's the destructive molecule because it displaces iodine from the thyroid gland. Chloride, chloride displaces iodine from the thyroid gland. That's why when they came out with table salt, what did they have to do? They had to iodize it because people started getting goiter. Yep. Yeah, it had no iodine in it. And people started walking around looking like turkeys. So they had to iodize it. So Celtic salt, Himalayan salt, Dead Sea salt, whatever. It's 86 to 87% sodium chloride. There's a reason why the Dead Sea is dead. Yeah. It can't support biological life for that purpose alone. Now, the sodium chloride molecule also is what causes the swelling and cellular edema inside the cell. So there is such thing as better salt, right? If you're going to use salt, you, you want to use Celtic, Himalayan. And I'm not saying that can't be you know, used minimally, but not when you're a cancer patient. You can't eat more than less than a quarter of a teaspoon of a, of a good salt daily, maximum, okay? But anyway, so the point is, it destroys the thyroid gland and the thyroid gland is so absolutely vital to what we do because it maintains the proper amount of mitochondria to convert all those juices into energy. So, so you have to follow the things we've already discussed. You have to have a low saturated fat diet. It's that simple. You have to have a diet low in sodium. It's that simple. And you really have to limit your animal protein intake. It is that simple. The amount of acidity that we're generating today from animal protein, it's, it's causing disease across the board, not just cancer. And, you know, eggs, for example, you know, Gerson tried eggs on a cancer patient and it caused their tumors to grow out of control. But it's pure cholesterol. It's pure saturated fat and tumors love fat. They are hormonal monsters. And how does the human body make hormones? Cholesterol. All your hormones are made from cholesterol, whether it's estrogen, you know, testosterone, progesterone, they're all made from cholesterol. You have to lower your saturated fat intake. And I'm not saying don't eat meat. You know, I mean, that's, you know, people love their meat. And so to eat meat once a week, twice a week max, not a problem. But when you're eating meat daily, you can't maintain human health. It's impossible. You can't. Now, that's just diet, Brian. Let's talk about other things. One of the major causative factors today in your reproductive cancers, that would be breast, ovarian, uterine, cervical, prostate, uh, testicular, is estrogen. It's estrogen. And estrogen is just permeating our environment today. Where are we getting estrogen from? It's not just the birth control pill. It's not just estrogen therapy in postmenopausal women. Estrogen's everywhere. For example, anything with an aroma. You have to get anything with an aroma out of your life. That means soaps, shampoos, detergents, perfumes, colognes, uh, the things you plug into your house to make your house smell nice, scented candles, uh, incense. All of these things are so deadly to the human body because they're made with synthetic estrogens, which are 10 times more volatile than your natural estrogens that occur naturally 
in our environment. And we'll get to that in a second. You must eliminate all of these things that are artificial aromas and start getting like detergents and soaps that don't have the scents or that, or that have essential oils as their, as their scents. Yeah. Or you are putting yourself in a cesspool of cancer risk. Now, the natural estrogens. Where are we getting natural estrogens from? Petroleum. Petroleum is an estrogen mimic. So your plastics, your styrofoam, your pesticides, do you know they're estrogen-based? They're estrogen-based because they're actually not designed to kill the pest. They're designed to cut off the reproductive cycle. Well, how do you kill the reproductive cycle of a pest? The same way you cut off the reproductive cycle of a woman, the birth control pill, estrogen. So you have to eat organic because if it has any kind of pesticides on it, they're estrogen-based. And now how does, you know, how else are, are we getting estrogen? Cortisol, stress, drinking tons of coffee. When you drink tons of coffee and it goes through the digestive tract and acts on the adrenal glands, it increases cortisol production. And cortisol can go down estrogen pathways. That's why the typical um, demographic of an of a endometriosis or a fibroma or an ovarian cyst patient is a stressed out, young, successful female drinking a lot of coffee. That is the demographic. And that's why, because the estrogen is causing the overgrowth of tissue. That's what it does. And what's cancer? The overgrowth of tissue out of control, right? And so you have to get these estrogens out of your environment. Finally, how do you get estrogen in your diet? Well, not to mention the hormones they're injecting into all our animals today, right? But even more importantly, like I just said, your body creates hormones through cholesterol. So the higher fat diet you have, the higher cholesterol diet you have, i.e. animal products, your chances of that cholesterol going down estrogen-based pathways, you run a great risk. And so these are principles that you have to start integrating into your life to prevent disease. So for those out there, I mean, obviously you talked about alkaline diet. I'd also like you to touch on any like supplements that people could take out there. So are you saying more so a vegetarian, vegan diet is the route to go um, to the Mediterranean? I guess obviously I eat, I eat a lot of meat. I'm not going to lie. So obviously this is, this is a counterintuitive to what I'm, I'm thinking, but you know, what's the, what would be the route to go? And obviously you mentioned there's a difference between the diet of the person that actually has the cancer versus the one that doesn't. But as far as preventative. Why did they get the cancer in the first place? I've just given you the science behind all that. It's years of that lifestyle. Brian, you're young. Your body can handle a lot of the detriment of what a, a high meat diet. And I don't say can handle. I mean, can hide the detriment. Most of my patients, Brian, they come in between 50 and 60. Why? Because the human body can handle that onslaught for four, five decades. And it's in the fifth decade of life that they're knocking on my door. Why? Because that's the point where the body says, can't handle this anymore. I've been harboring disease here for the last two, three decades. And 
now the tumors are showing up. And usually it's too late. Mm. By the time the cancer shows up and it's already been a 20, 30 year process, quite often it's too late. And then they're knocking on our door. So when you're young, like, like you are, and you probably work out and you exercise, you can hide a lot of the effects, Brian, but it will catch up to you. And it will catch up to every single other person that's eating a lot of animal products. The reality is we were created. Our gut, our digestive tract, our tooth structure, our enzyme content are all consistent with herbivoric creatures. It's that simple. Now, am I advocating a completely vegetarian diet? No. Do you know I, I eat meat maybe 25 times a year maybe? 25 times a year, once every couple of weeks, I'll have a burger. You know, I'll have an organic chick, always grass fed organic, always. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're at a restaurant and they don't offer it, right? But that's it. We are plant based animals to our core. That is what evolutionarily we were created to survive on from the first living cellular organism carbohydrates. It's that simple. And carbohydrates has become a four-letter word in the last 20 years. And it's carbohydrates that maintains the human immune system, you know, functioning at an optimal level. So, you know, if I were a human being trying to be as healthy as possible, 80 to 90% of my diet is going to be absolutely plant-based with an occasional meat. I'd be adding some, you know, non-fat organic yogurt. I, I have non-fat organic yogurt on a daily basis. That actually can play a, a really vital role in maintaining proper gut flora. You know, so these are things that people need to consider, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Doc, I wish we had more time because I feel like there's so many other questions and topics that we could discuss, but um, I love the conversation today. Where can people learn more about your work and just the, the, the science behind everything that you already explained and more about the Gerson Institute. Yeah. So um, my website is gersonclinic.com, G-E-R-S-O-N clinic.com, gersonclinic.com. If you go to our website, gersonclinic.com and you click on gift, and this is for your listeners, if you click on gift uh, and then you put in the password podcast, all lowercase, you can listen to all my lectures and science and, and interviews on me going through the science behind, you know, disease and Gerson therapy. It's all there, hours worth. Um, and then that'll lead you to our YouTube channel where, again, you can just have that reinforced. But that's where you can find us. And, and if you can contact us directly at director at gersonclinic.com, I handle all the intake for the patients coming to the clinic. So that, you know, director at gersonclinic.com is where you can reach me. But, uh, but yeah, you know, so this is where, you know, this is where people go to, to you know, book a stay in at our clinic. And uh, we also have a, you know, a store that sells all the Gerson uh, products. So uh, that's also on our website. Amazing. Any um, social media handles that you guys uh, work with? Well, like on Facebook, um, the Advanced Gerson Therapy Clinic. Advanced Gerson Therapy Clinic is uh, is our Facebook page. We have Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I don't know what those are. My web my web guy handles all that, so um, gotcha. I'm not actually sure. But I'm sure uh, on our website, that's all on there. 
Gotcha. Okay. Well, Doc, thank you so much for your time and all your knowledge and insight. I mean, this was fascinating and eye-opening, and I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people out there. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks, Dr. Ryan. All right, appreciate you. Take care.